This Ministry 127 podcast is a lesson taught by Brother Larry Chapel during a Wednesday night teen Bible study at Lancaster Baptist Church. Brother Chapel serves as the senior high youth pastor at Lancaster Baptist Church and is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. Bible talks a lot about the heart, and uh, one of the verses we read uh, just a moment ago says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When we talk about the heart, the Bible talks about the heart being uh, the center of our being, the center of our being. Three things about our heart, real quick, while we go into introduction. First of all, our hearts are evil, are wicked. Jeremiah 17 uh, says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Okay? Some of us have this impression that our hearts are good and we want to keep our hearts from being corrupt. Okay? That's not the case. Our hearts are already corrupt. Our hearts are in bad shape. Our hearts are a mess. And the Bible says a couple things about our heart. First of all, it's deceitful. You cannot trust your heart. Uh, you cannot trust your heart. It's deceitful. Secondly, that verse we read just a moment ago said, it's desperately wicked. Okay? Your heart is it's sick. It's messed up. It's got issues. It's got problems. And this is every single one of us, myself included, we all have heart issues. Okay, Not that we have good hearts that we're trying to keep from becoming bad. We have, every single one of us, have bad hearts, corrupt hearts. Uh, that is the nature of our, our flesh. We have bad hearts. Our hearts are messed up. Our hearts are corrupt. And the Bible says uh, that our hearts are evil. The verse we read just a moment ago said, For out of it are the issues of life. That was Proverbs 4.23. Mark 7.20, let me read it for you. It says, and this is Jesus talking, and he said, That which cometh out of the man that defileth the man, for from within, for, for, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. So these are the things that come out of the heart. Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. So here's the second point. Every problem we struggle with is an issue of the heart. Every problem we face is an issue of the heart. Now listen, once you've written that down, look up here. A lot of people say, well, I have an anger problem. Or I have a lust problem. I have a temper problem. I have, uh, I have this problem. I have that problem. Uh, I'm not content. I've got this problem, that problem. Every issue comes back to the heart. Have you ever heard the, the saying, let's get to the heart of the matter? You heard that before. What does that mean? Let's, let's, let's cut to the chase and let's talk about what the real issue is. Every issue that you and I face, ultimately, every problem that we face, every sin that we struggle with, is eventually you can trace that back to the heart. It's a heart issue. The Bible says, for, without, for, for from within the heart are the issues of life. Okay? That, that's comparing our heart to a river. Okay? And if the river is poisoned upstream, everything that comes out of that river is going to be bad. 
when I was in 10th grade, we had the opportunity to go to the Philippines. Went to the Philippines on a mission trip. Some of you guys are going to be going there this summer. I remember one of the, one of the things I saw there in the Philippines was a lot of different uh, water sources. There was, even in the city, there was, I can remember, uh, big, uh, big rivers flowing through the cities. And then I remember one time we went out to these, these far villages out in the jungle. I remember when we finally got to the village, there was this beautiful waterfall and this river. And I'm telling you, it was like, it was beautiful. It was picturesque. I remember uh, we were with some of the local missionaries and they're showing us around. We're like, oh man, this, we had just been hiking like an hour or so to get to this village. We're like, man, this water looks great. I'm going to drink this water. And he says, no, 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 don't, 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 don't drink that. He says, just out of sight, he says, uh, the people that wash the, of this village, they wash their clothes in this river. Some of them use the bathroom on the banks of this river. And I'm like, okay, no, thank you. Not going to drink any of that because everything from that point downstream was contaminated. Okay? And let me tell you, some of you guys are going to face such severe frustration because you're trying to fix all the issues of your life. And even if you won't even admit it, uh, those, those issues are wearing away at your soul. Uh, it, it's, it's eating away at you. And, and you're frustrated with that. All the issues of life come back to the heart. You guys ever seen those games at like Chuck E. Cheese where you're like trying to hit, hit the things that pop up and you like never can hit them, you know? You're always too late. Hey, some of you are like that with your life's problems. They pop up and go back down before you can even understand where they came from. The Bible says that all the issues we face are heart problems. Every issue we face is an issue of the hearts. When our hearts thoroughly, when our hearts are corrupt, our vision is distorted. When our hearts are corrupt, our vision is distorted. Sometimes, because our hearts are not in the right shape that they should be in, we sin, and then our vision is so warped, we don't even think about the sin how we should think about the sin. It doesn't bother us anymore. And then those who come and try to help us out, who try to help us fix some of these problems, our vision is distorted, and our perception is distorted. And they're like, oh, they're just out to get us. When in reality, they're out to help you. So when your heart is not right, when your heart is corrupt, your vision is distorted. Now listen, how can we fix that? And that's what, that is the shape of our hearts, okay? If, if you were to go to a doctor and get a, a checkup of your heart, they'll hook you up and they'll do an EKG and they, they listen to your heart, they monitor your heart, they check on your heart to see how it's doing. That's what tonight is, okay? And the results have come back in for every single one of us that our hearts are messed up, okay? There's no denying that, there's no debating that, but that's something that we need to address Right off the bat, our hearts are messed up. So secondly, I want to talk about how do we get back on the right track? How do we get back on the right track? And what does that mean? That means what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about repentance, repentance. Now listen, David was called a man after God's own heart, okay? But then you look, you look how severely David messed up in his life. How can a guy who messed up as badly as David did be called a man after God's own heart. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? How can David be called a man after God's own heart? Because David, yes, he committed some great sins, but he repented of them. Psalm 51, David prayed this prayer. 
He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So if we're going to get our hearts back on track where God wants them to be, it has to be a work of God within us. It's not something that we can try to correct on our own. It's something that we've got we've to allow God to fix. And it's a prayer, God, help fix my, fix my heart. Search my heart. See if there be any wicked way with me. I, that's a good prayer to pray, even going into a youth conference. Like, as far as I know, God, between me and you, I, I can't think of any great sin that I'm committing, and, and, and I think I'm doing okay. But still, God, just in case, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Because a lot of times we give ourselves a pass on something that, that upsets God greatly. So God, search my heart. So how can we do this? Take your Bibles and turn to Joel. We'll spend just a few minutes here. Joel chapter 2. Joel was a prophet. Okay, What does that mean? He was a preacher. It means God gave him a specific message. He was a mouthpiece for God. And we read through the back half of the Old Testament. There's, there's lots of different prophets, and you can read the messages that they preached. Joel came at a unique time, okay? Israel had just experienced severe devastation from uh, an infestation of locusts, of grasshoppers, okay? Uh, in the Middle East, they have documented that, that a swarm of grasshoppers can get as widespread out as like to cover like an entire sea. It's like they, they have documented that a swarm of locusts can get as wide as 1,500 miles and so thick that it can darken the sky. And this was a plague that God had sent. The, the destruction of the locusts was because as a result of their sin. So Joel comes in right after this destruction has taken place in Israel, and all of a sudden, everyone's wanting to hear what Joel has to say. He's got a message to preach. He's got something to say. And here's what he said. If you look at Joel, uh, he, 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 the book is laid out like this. The, up until this point, we're going to read in Joel chapter 2, uh, Joel is preaching on the need for repentance and, and how uh, angry the Lord has been and, and, and the results of their sin. And then we get to this. The verses we're going to read in just a second, they're the pinnacle. They're the peak of Joel. They're the pinnacle of his message. This is, look how bad things have gone. How are you going to change? And then we get to this point where Joel shows him how you can change. And then from these two verses that we're going to read, the rest of the book is on God's blessing. So let's read those two verses. Look at verse number 12. It says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness, uh, repenteth him of the evil. Okay, here's a few things we see from this verse. What Joel is preaching is repentance. Getting your heart back on track. Getting things right between you and God. That ought to be a frequent occurrence in your life. God, search my heart. God, let me repent of this sin. Let me get back on, on track. God's already forgiven that sin. His mercy is great. But when our hearts are corrupt, our vision is distorted. Uh, we cannot perform God's will as He would want us to do. So here's a few things. What does repentance look like? First of all, how can we fix our hearts? Act immediately. Act immediately. But He says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, 
turn ye even to me. Therefore also now, listen, when Joel preached, there was some urgency to his message. There was some urgency to what he was saying. When dealing with issues of your heart, you don't have time to waste. Messing around with life. Learning the hard way, so to speak. Joel's message was to repent, turn to God, and turn to God now. Some of you guys are in really bad shape because you've put off repentance for so long that the still small voice is so uh, outvolumed by other things in your life that you're not even hardly listening. You're okay with your state of a corrupt heart. And so what Joel says is repent now. When you have an issue that, hey, that's not right, and I know it's an issue of my heart, repent now. Act immediately. Act immediately. Uh, Secondly, not only should we act immediately, but totally surrender. Totally surrender. Let's look back to verse number 12. It says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart. With all your heart. Now listen, it's exactly what it's about. We started talking about issues of the heart. How can we get our heart back on track? Turn immediately. Repent now. Act immediately, but then not just act immediately. Surrender completely. Total surrender. The Bible says in that passage, with all your heart. And if you want to get your heart back on track, It's got to be complete surrender. How often we want to give God portions of our heart. Uh, You can work in this area, and I'll give this up, but I'm going to hold on to this. And Joel said, turn to God with all your heart. Listen, if you're not turning to Christ, turning to God with all your heart, it's not true repentance. Repentance of your sin, that's a 180 degree turn. Turn to God with all your heart. So, act immediately. Uh, Totally surrender. Then thirdly, think soberly. Think soberly. The the verse uh, number 12 says this, And with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Okay, let me ask you this. When's the last time you wept and mourned because of your sin? Say, I don't, I'm not the crying type. I don't cry, okay? I'm not the crying type either. When's the last time you were grieved by your sin? When's the last time your sin made you sick? When's the last time your sin really disturbed you? You know what? I've unfortunately been in the office way too many times that I would want to count where someone... Even times, guys in our youth group have been confronted with sin that they were carrying on for a while. And when it's brought to light, all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I was doing that. And all of a sudden, then the tears come. And then we've got to start putting the pieces back together. And God's always been gracious and God's always good. But why is it we have to wait till that moment to understand the magnitude of how poorly we've been living, how poorly we've been behaving? Why does it have to get to that point? Here, Joel, when he's preaching, he says, hey, turn to God, turn to Him now, turn to Him completely, and turn with a serious mind. Get serious, get sober. How is your thinking towards sin? Listen, if you're nonchalant and sin is laughable 
and sin is okay, you're going to live like that, and you're going to experience the results of that. And somewhere down the road, you're going to hit that brick wall in your life and say, man, how did I get here? And the answer is you were traveling that direction the entire time. Act immediately. Total surrender. Think soberly or think seriously. Then, number four, genuinely change. Genuinely change. Verse number 13. If I could, if I could pick out one portion of this passage that you guys would remember, I want you to remember this. It says this, And rend your heart and not your garments. Now listen, no one talking. No reason to talk, period. Rend your heart, not your garments. What is, what is the implication there? What is Joel saying? Listen, in biblical times, what they would do as a symbol, and, and you guys know this, some of the Old Testament stories, you've read this before, some of the prophets, when they were, when they were grieved, when they were upset, when they were sad, they would, they would tear their clothes and they would, uh, they would uh, put ashes on their body. It was, a, it was a sign of grieving. And this is what, when someone was in mourning, they would not put their best clothes on, they would put torn clothes on, they would, uh, they would put the ashes on. It was just it was a, a time of mourning. And, and when someone would see someone uh, in this attire, they would know, oh man, something's messed up, somebody died, their heart's getting right, something. But it was an outward expression of what maybe God was doing in their heart or maybe uh, an emotion that they were feeling. But here's what Joel says. Listen very carefully. Joel says, rend, listen, don't rend your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments only. Look it. Save yourself the tearing of some nice clothes. Fix your heart. And let's worry about your garments later. That's exactly what Joel said. Rend your hearts. Tear your hearts. Work on your heart. What is that? What, what is he saying? He's saying, look, don't just conform. And this is the unfortunate thing. A lot of people are very good when they're confronted with sin to conform. I know a lot of people that can even, when they're confronted with sin, they can even cry and they can act really sad and then they don't change their behavior at all. This is exactly the type of person that Joel was speaking to. Rend your heart and not your garments. Guys, stop tearing your garments, so to speak, in a way to put on a show time and time and time again. Save yourself the trouble, save yourself the show, and act with a genuine heart. If you're not repentant, then don't even act like it. Save yourself the trouble. Save others the trouble. But if you truly are repentant, rend your hearts and not your garments. So genuinely change. Act immediately. Totally surrender. Think soberly. I wish some of you guys would get that. I wish for a moment in time some of you guys would act seriously. Genuinely change. Then, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. We talked a few weeks back about how Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you're going to change, it won't be because of anything you've done good. It won't be because of any good behavior you've tried to put on. It's because of Christ's work, the Holy Spirit, in your life. There can be no change 
There can be no transformation apart from Jesus Christ. So if there's going to be true change, you have to focus on Jesus. Let's look at verse number 13. Rend your hearts and not your garments, and turn ye unto the Lord your God. Turn ye unto the Lord your God. Focus your attention. Now listen. Sometimes when someone messes up, all they want to do is talk about how badly they messed up. You know, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this. Six months later, I can't believe I did this. And you know, Look, okay? Yeah, no one can believe you did that. Now get over it and look to Jesus and let's have some real change in your life. Rend your heart, not your garment, and then focus on Jesus because that is where the true transformation and the true change is going to take place. Let's finish reading the rest of this verse. It says, Turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, great in kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. This is the best part. Because when you do these things, when you change, when you change for real, when you're not putting on a show, when you're not conforming because it's, it's convenient to do so, but when you've, cheer, when you've seriously pondered your sin and how and how sick your heart is, and you, and you want to see that change, and you turn from it, and it's not just an outward show, but a true heart, a heart of change, guess what happens? Finally, in your notes, you experience God. You experience God. Experience revival. Experience revival. Experience God. Look what happens. When you come to God, now listen, we've all been in a situation where we're like, man, I can't believe I did that. Now I, I don't want to get caught because I don't want Brother Kurtz or I don't want Brother so-and-so. I don't want my parents. How will they react, okay? And sometimes, listen, that can be a scary part of confessing of sin, repenting of wrong behavior. That, that's the scary part, sometimes making those things right. It takes courage to do that. But God isn't up in heaven with the big stick ready to hit us every time we mess up. Look at his reaction to our sin. For he is gracious and merciful slow to anger, and of great kindness. That's, that's the God we serve. Not a God who's out to get us, a God that when we, when we confess our sins and we repent of our sins and we change our behavior, He in return is so kind and so gracious towards us. Our God is so good. So let's look at those points again. What does repentance look like? Or how can I change? First of all, act immediately. Guys, don't wait till your senior year. Don't wait till next year. Don't wait till whatever. If God's convicting you of a sin, act immediately. Then surrender completely, total surrender. Think soberly. Genuinely change, for real. Not just a show, but a real change of heart. Focus on Jesus because no change comes without Him. And then finally, experience revival. When you do those things, you experience God's presence and God's blessings in your life. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.